This episode of the Jiu-Jitsu Times podcast is brought to you in part by No Judges Needed BJJ Apparel and Lavender Lane CBD Products. You can use the promo code JJT for 20% off your first order at No Judges Needed and the code JJTimes20, all uppercase, last two items are numerical, for 20% off your first order of CBD products. Thank you very much for sticking with us. Enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Jiu-Jitsu Times podcast. I am your host, Kevin Bradley, joined as always by my co-host, Mr. Kevin Gallagher. And once again, an incredibly special guest, moving and shaking and making big waves in the jiu-jitsu scene. Today we have for you recently promoted Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Brown Belt, founder of the BJJ promotion Subspectrum, now here promoting his new Three Days of Peace Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Music Festival, honestly, I think the first of its kind sort of event that I've ever heard of, Mr. Jordan Jitsu Peitzman. Mr. Peitzman, thank you so much for coming on the show today. How you doing? I'm good. How are you guys? Well, can't complain, man. I'm, I'm on vacation this week, so I'm enjoying myself <laughs> out at the beach. You can see my little, my little red sun, tan, tan slash sunburn, day two. <laughs> I um I was uh taking a trip to Connecticut the other day for a barbecue and I had like six cheeseburgers and four hot dogs and a lot of corn on the cob. So I'm just like I'm thick boy right now. So I'm enjoying being like thick Kev right now. That's that's yeah. where I'm can we take a second and just comment on the lack of facial hair on, on Kevin's face at the moment right now? It's just, it actually took me a second to kind of figure out what was different about you. I was looking at you. I'm thinking to myself, man, there's something's different with Kevin. Like, I just, he looks very boyish and, like, cherub-like. And I said, oh, wait a minute. And it's because he shaved his little beard off. Smooth. I think I had a little bit of scruff. Uh, Jordan, when we first met on the, the grappling hour, hour, shout out to Rafa Sparza. Go check him out. Uh, I was trying desperately to rock as much face, facial hair as I could, and I was repeatedly called a child by everyone else on the show. <laughs> <laughs> and now and now that you actually look like a child it's actually kind of it's you know it's i guess it's reaffirmed and i don't really know what the what the adjective i'm looking for at this point it's just it just is what it is kid you know? all right yeah, yeah yeah i'm young i get it. all right but we're not here talking about me <laughs> thank god we're here talking uh to you jordan now there's a ton of stuff that we could go into but let's just uh talk briefly about you and your background with jiu-jitsu you recently got promoted to brown belt congratulations sir that's a massive accomplishment Thank but you. uh how, how did you find your way to the art um so like you said my name is jordan peitzman i'm a brazilian jiu-jitsu brown belt at no coast brazilian jiu-jitsu in urbandale iowa um, i teach the kids there i teach adults uh, i help people sign up for the gym get people in through the social media and everything like that so that's obviously a big part of my life but jiu-jitsu in general has been a, a big part of my life since uh, about the time i turned 21. Um, i wouldn't necessarily say i was a troubled youth but uh, there was a lot of really dumb shit that i did um, uh, throughout my teenage and uh, early 20s that uh, I'm not necessarily proud about, but uh, they're things that made me who I am today. And uh, that's a big part of like my jujitsu journey is just like uh, all the mistakes, all the all the shortcomings, all of the failures, all of those uh, have uh, led me to the point where I am today. And I, I honestly wouldn't trade it for the world. I, I think I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. Uh, real quick, what kind of what kind of hell was young Kevin Gallagher raising? Now that we're on the topic of of misspent youth, because that's something that's something I've always really wanted to get into. God, let me tell you, man, my youth was about as misspent as you could possibly imagine. So I'm saying I'm still kind of stuck in that misspent youth at 43. I don't get as much trouble anymore. I'm not drinking as much, but that's, that's what got me in trouble as well. Yes. Absolutely, man. It's it's cool just speaking on that topic, you know, like there's no there's not too many things better in the world to to help you monitor that side of your life and keep you in line and keep those competitive urges under control than jujitsu because you know I know a lot of fighters and a lot of guys that I know that train at a high level, like the the, the gene that makes you an outlaw <laughs> is also the dream the gene that kind of pulls you towards competing in MMA or competing in one-on-one in, in -on -one combat. They're very similar 
intuitions and, and, mm -hmm. and in my mind sometimes i think to myself like if i wasn't doing this i'd probably be out knocking over gas stations but when you start doing jujitsu and you start training and you start getting involved with things you, you learn real quickly wow this is cooler than going out and doing dumb shit where i could go to jail and like i can't drink i can't do all the things that cloud my judgment because if i do i can't make it on the mats the next day because i feel like shit so it's helped me a lot and like it helps tons of people like your story is something we we hear all over the place about how, how jujitsu is, is, is saved uh people from the dark side absolutely i would counter that in some ways jujitsu is the dark side <laughs> <laughs> this is true <laughs> yeah like i don't know if i feel like yoda if when i'm doing jujitsu i kind of feel like palpatine i'm shooting lightning i'm, I'm well, making we bad things channel, we channel it in positive direction the force is neither dark what is it the force is the force is neither dark nor light young kevin Oh man, luminous beings. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. But we yeah, probably talk to Jordan though, huh? Because Jordan's. I mean, hey, no, I mean, well, Jordan. That I think positivity is a great place to to sort of shift the conversation to, because that seems to be the name of the game with this new initiative you started. Uh, three days of peace, BJJ Woodstock. How did you come up with that? Um, I mean, as far as like specifically coming up with the idea it just kind of came to me one day but honestly uh, and i said this to you uh, for the article is i've kind of been preparing for for a giant event my entire life like uh, i was a huge pro wrestling fan as a child and i, I thought i was going to be i thought my moment was going to be in the pro wrestling ring and then um, i was hugely passionate about um, mixed martial arts and i thought that my moment was going to be in in the ufc and it even you know through jujitsu i thought my moment was going to be winning an adcc championship but uh now I've kind of uh, reassessed my goals and, and where I want to go with things. And I've decided that I want to dedicate 100% of my time, or at least not 100%, but the largest majority of my time to building a platform for uh, helping out the lesser known grapplers of the world. I think uh, the, the mainstream outlets focus very heavily on the top five to 10 names in the sport. Um, you know, maybe 20, maybe it's more names than that. But uh, I, I want to provide a platform through events and content production that shines light on uh, all of the people in the community that I think deserve a little bit of shine. That's that's cool, man. I, I, I'm familiar with your organization through Josh LaDuke. I've actually been in contact with you through Josh, I think, about being at one or two of your events in the past. Yeah, yep. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, as someone that is, again, you know, a second tier. You know, I'd like to think of myself as maybe starting to climb that ladder a little bit of notoriety. But but anyway, but but as someone that needs events like yours to be able to go out there and do what I love to do, I mean I, I truly appreciate you for being, you know, focused on it the same way I appreciate Josh too. Yeah. So thank, thank you very much. Man. No doubt, man. Of course. And thank you for saying that. Like uh, another big part of our initiative is to, and you know, it's something I've been pushing a lot lately. Uh, we even made a little design t-shirt out of it is uh, ACPC, which stands for athlete centered promotion and capitalism. Um, so I want to completely change the way and reinvent the way that my promotion works. And uh, as much as possible, I actually want to take myself out of the equation so that the majority of the dollars coming from consumers go directly to the athletes. And then I, I will only charge for the for the services that we actually provide. Um, and I, I want to create that that customer to athlete um, interaction so that, you know, it's not this antiquated promotional model where the promoter collects all the money. He gives a small percentage back to uh, to the fighters and then keeps the rest for themselves or, you know, to pay out for or to pay for the events and everything like that. Uh, like I said, I want to create as many avenues as possible for the money to go straight from consumer to athlete um, and do everything we can to build athletes, brands, build up stars within our promotion um, and not just one or two guys and focusing specifically on that. Um, and it looks like Kevin just brought up our idea that we're going to be doing. Uh, so many people had reached out to me and, and wanted to donate to the cause. Within the first few days, I had like eight to ten people that wanted to give me $100. And I immediately had to kind of make a decision about what I was going to do with that money. Um, because I didn't want to just add it to our tally and then basically, you know, that's money that I'm making on top of everything else at the end. I wanted to find a way to give it all back to the fighters. And what I came up with was uh, an idea that Andrew Yang was talking about uh, when he was running for president. Yeah, democracy, democracy dollars. Yeah. Democracy dollars. Uh, so just real quickly, like what that is, he was talking about if we gave every American citizen $100 uh, virtual dollars to donate to the political campaign of their choice that would drown out the lobbyist cash that a 
affects our uh, laws and policies by a factor of eight to one. If everybody actually used their use it or lose it $100 every year, um, we would actually be able to have a voice as a people and drown out that lobbyist cash that uh, affects our, our laws and policies so heavily. So uh, I decided to kind of implement that into a way that we could give back to the jiu-jitsu fighters. So what I'm going to be doing is uh, we're collecting donations through subspectrumbjj.com slash donate. Uh, you can create a free cash app and it'll, it'll send us $5 and it sends you $5 when you create an account using our invite link uh, on the webpage. But then what we're gonna do is we're gonna take 100% of those donations and divide them by the number of tickets that we're gonna be selling to the show on Saturday night. And then each person who buys a ticket will have a virtual amount of money that they'll be able to grant to the fighter or the presenter of their choice. And then that's gonna be just an extra check that uh, is going directly from the consumers of our sport to the athletes um, without me touching a percentage of it. Yeah, I, I, Jordan, I'm not going to lie. I love the sound of all that, but I don't know. And this could just be me being jaded. I don't know if I have it in me to trust a jujitsu promotion uh, CEO that doesn't want to scam everybody and become filthy rich. Like, that's like, yeah. that doesn't jive in my head a little bit, you know? Yeah. Like, no. it seems too good to be true. No, I, I totally get it. And that's, uh, you know, that's why I'm going to come in here and I'm going to I'm going to live up to every single word that I put out here, because uh, unfortunately, that's something that promoters have not done. And that's something throughout my first three years as a promoter, I have paid every single person who I told that I was going to pay. I've uh, paid every single, you know, crew members, photographers, everything. And in the process, I have actually not made one single dollar as a promoter from Subspectrum. I have, in fact, put uh, much of my own money into this promotion. Uh, Keith Krikorian has made more money from Subspectrum than I have uh, through payouts. He's been a four-time champion. I think he's got somewhere in the neighborhood of $5,000 worth of payouts through our promotion. Um, and that's something that I'm committed to continue doing. If, if that's what it takes to put on good shows, to do the right thing, to pay fighters, uh, to, to create these additional avenues for them to be able to make money within our promotion, I am perfectly fine with not making a single cent doing this because I it's something that I'm passionate about. And I believe that by doing that now in the future will be immensely more successful than if I was greedy and tried to take bits and pieces of everything along the way. Yeah, man, I, I, I agree with that a lot. And I, and I like the, your, your concept. I like your business model because a lot of what I see in, in modern jujitsu promotions, and again, they put on good shows. I mean, there's good shows. Fight to Win is a good show. Fight to Win is probably the best as far as yeah. making sure that it's not about the spectacle. It's about putting on pro, you know, quality events. <clears throat> and they've done it for a long time. And say, say what you want about Seth Daniels. He's gonna, done a good job. And I still think it's the best as far as consistency. You know, but what I see a lot of the model for a lot of these new up and coming events is, you know, they're they're more concerned about building La Hoopla around the event instead of making sure that fighters are taken care of and making sure that they're putting on, you know, you know, quality people. And again, just like you said, it always arrives around the same fifteen or twenty people. And you know, the reality <laughs> of it is I just don't know. Like as much as I want to believe that there's profitability in in, in the jujitsu professional jujitsu circuit. You know, I just don't see a lot of it right now. If you continue down that that avenue, you have to figure out how to make sure that people like you and me that are, you know, jujitsu dudes that you know have an opportunity to go out there and, and, and compete and, and are taken care of by it. You know, like, yes. like because it ain't cheap, man. Like flying out to you know, to go out to freaking to Vegas. Luckily I have a sponsor of mine that does private lessons that's a that's a pilot, so he pays for my flight. That's what gives me the opportunity to go out and do shit like that. But like if you were professional jiu-jitsu athlete and your name ain't gordon ryan or freaking you know or or you know whoever you know <laughs> like oh yeah you ain't you ain't paying your bills that money's coming out of your pocket so guys like you are, are, are awesome in that regard yeah and it's not like again i'm 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 committed to a slow steady growth that's sustainable over a period of time i'm not going to go out there and try to sign gordon ryan to a twenty thousand dollar fight within the next okay. year um if, if i'm being completely honest i don't really think i would ever want him to be on my event but um, you know, I want to, I want to give money and opportunities. <laughs> I, I want to give money and opportunities to, to grapplers who one are passionate and want to be a part of the events. Um, and two that are actually high level athletes. And there's plenty of those here in the Midwest, um, that, I, that I feel confident in promoting and putting a lot of uh, steam behind because when I, when they do kind of get their name out there to the, to the higher levels, I think that it's going to, it's going to bode well for both us and the promotion or both the promotion and them as well. Yeah, man, I, 
again, I have honestly, to tell you the truth, I have gotten to the point that I'm so, maybe I'm just jaded because I never broke through or whatever, but like, maybe that's part of it. But I've gotten to the point where I'm so just over the, the egocentric uh, world of professional jujitsu anymore that like, I just don't care to watch events anymore. I enjoy it because I enjoy jujitsu and I enjoy to watch jujitsu being done. But, you know, the idea of, Insta clicks on your Instagram page and all these other things is, is promoting factors. I think it's just turning turning me away from what I believe the sport should be about, which is putting on good events that look out for their athletes and put the athletes first. Because yeah. I think the idea of you know creating superstars before you put on quality events is is kind of putting the horse behind or you know you know I'm talking about the horse before absolutely the you got to yeah. get the, you get these homegrown talent and you market them. So now you're creating talent before you create the personality. Absolutely. And that's like, I only want to promote athletes that I feel like aren't in that egocentric part of the jujitsu, you know, like a lot of the names that we're putting out here, like Matt Layton, uh, just a really quiet black belt from here in Iowa, but he was a Brown belt world champion, like super high level. Uh, Jake Watson's going to be on the card. Uh, William Tackett's going to be on the card. Cody Steele's going to be on the card. Um, Keith Krikorian, he's, he's like I said, he's, he's a four time champion in our promotion. That's a guy that I've put a lot of steam behind. And, and hopefully I like to think that, you know, some of his notoriety has come from from winning our events and doing well in, in the promotion that we've provided him. So, um, you know, our track record speaks for itself as far as uh, promoting athletes that that are on the right side of, of history right now as far as uh, their attitudes and their egos. Actually, going back to this, uh, by the way, I'm fully uh, uh, with Kevin. I think that Instagram clicks and social media can really go to your head. In fact, I I host like live Q and A's and stuff on my Instagram all the time. Really going in against the machine. You can follow me on K Brad's BJ. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 take I take down the machine from within. I take down. I'm taking down the machine from within though, so it's fine. So like, you just follow me and like all my stuff and share it and like retweet it. I mean, yeah, no. <laughs> I as well have UncleCoachKevin.com if you happen to uh, to be in the area. <laughs> yeah, if you want to follow a bunch of anarchists taking down the man from inside the machine just follow us follow jujitsu times <laughs> no but um you, you you put a lot of stock into homegrown talent uh and you you've, you're placing this this whole operation in des moines idaho um how is the local iowa age? iowa shit i'm sorry <laughs> i am i am very i i, I drove my sister good. I drove my sister to the airport at like three in the morning today, and I'm still I'm still not fully recovered from that. But how's the local jujitsu scene reacted to this event? Um, incredibly well. I mean, uh, we've always had like a really really strong following from the big gyms here. There's a couple big gyms out in Iowa City, a couple gyms here in Des Moines, and then just kind of scattered throughout the state. So we've always had like a, a really strong following from those people. We've always promoted people from those events. Um, and, and once we announced this, I mean, the amount, uh, you know, it's, it's trending just so much higher than anything else we've ever done in the past. And, uh, I think it's because now I, I finally have the crew, the equipment and the freedom, um, to execute a lot of the ideas that I, uh, had had for many years, but just didn't have all the tools to execute. And, and now we have those. So, um, it's, it's been really, really overwhelming almost, um, with the amount of support that we've seen, like I said, eight to 10 people within the States tried to send me a hundred dollars within the first day that I announced the event and, and explained what it was all about. So, um, I, I look for that to continue and I look to put on a, a really cool event for the state of Iowa, uh, the city of Des Moines and, uh, the entire jujitsu community. Cause I think by, by bringing a lot of people to Des Moines, they're going to realize that this isn't just a, a small, primarily white city in the middle of Iowa. There's actually a lot of really interesting culture, um, within the city. And that's something that's going to be on display, especially with the festival. Um, you know, it's not just going to be a, a free roam festival of seminars, which will be, you know, jujitsu, wrestling and judo, but there's also going to be local uh, yoga, meditation, uh, sports psychologists, um, hypnotists, um, just tons of different things that people are going to be able to tap into while they're at that festival. And uh, that's where it's going to create that BJJ Woodstock uh, vibe that we're looking for. Now, I, I don't want to, this sounds really phenomenal. And I think that the culture especially now is, is definitely in need of a, a little bit of an injection of positivity. It sounds like there's a lot of good vibes. Unfortunately, 
you know, many parts of the world and especially the United States are currently dealing with uh, the out outbreak of COVID. Um, this is uh, this event is set for the end of towards the end of August. Uh, do you have any concerns about uh, organi organizing in the wake of the pandemic or have, have are you uh, doing anything for that? Like what's the what's the protocol right now? Uh, it's something we've we've been monitoring, and that's something we were monitoring before we ever even uh, announced the event. Um, Iowa is continuing to trend down. We never actually closed our state, really, for the most part. Um, there was never a, a really serious outbreak. I think to date, we maybe have it's like 300 deaths total in the entire state, and and most of those are actually out of a hospital in Iowa City that pulls people uh, from actually three different states. It pulls people um, from Missouri and also from Illinois. So. Um, the, the cases here in Des Moines have stayed down um, and we've re, basically you know, reopened. We never really closed, but reopened the state. And it's it's been a solid six weeks now. We haven't seen any kind of spikes yet. So it's going to be something that we continue to monitor to make sure that it, it doesn't become an issue. But fortunately, we live in a place where uh, it hasn't quite devastated uh, our communities like it has in, in, say, Florida or New York or, or California. Dang, that is so bizarre to hear of a of a state really handling the outbreak well. Like, like me and Kev are both on the East Coast, and we can tell you it is a shit show over here. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's why you know I'm I'm in a completely different perspective, you know, as far as how I, I think about it because I, I haven't been face to face with uh, you know the real treachers of it like you guys have. Yeah, yeah Kev, I, I'm right in Central Florida, and it's. It's nuts out right here now, and we, we definitely we have a big old red flag right over Tampa and the, and the greater uh, Central Florida area. But it seems to be again, you know, whatever. I'm going with the narrative that that hopefully, if you're if you're if you're in decent shape and you and you and you're, you're relatively healthy, that you don't have as much to be concerned about on the law of averages statistically now again as the numbers start to rise the numbers of people that go in ICU units and hospitals start to rise with the two but i believe that it's normally people that are immunocompromised that are going to have the bigger problems that fall from and i have about three people that i know personally that are dealing with covid right now and you know they get super hot they get a real bad fever and super super achy for about a week or so and then generally it just kind of goes away and they're back to their normal lives but I am by no means a doctor, so that's just a narrative <laughs> I'm making myself believe right now. But I don't have a choice. So. And uh, and you know, with regard to the actual events, we will be taking temperatures of people as they come into the tournament. Um, everybody but the competitors themselves will be encouraged to wear masks. We'll have those available at the front door for anybody that that decides that they would like to wear a mask. And as I said, it will be will be recommended heavily um, by us and our crew. I don't think we can technically require them for the event um, just based on the venue, but um, it'll be something that'll definitely be encouraged because I, I do think that that's been one of the most, you know, if we look at countries like South Korea and Japan, the immediately they, they gave 50, 000, or 50 million masks to all of their citizens and uh, they didn't shut anything down. They didn't go into lockdown and they were able to keep the the spikes from happening um, the ways that they have, the way that they've happened here in America. So that's something that uh, even in Iowa, you know, right away when the when the pandemic hit, every, you saw everybody everywhere was wearing masks. People were really good about it. I will say they have gotten a little more lax now, um, but but they they uh, I think overall our state's done a really good job of, of controlling the outbreak, and uh, we'll continue to to do everything we can to adhere to those regulations to make sure that our event isn't something that that causes another spike in our city. Hell yeah, that's that's definitely awesome to hear. Uh, now shifting back towards positive, uh, when I was uh, uh, talking to you a bit before writing uh, one of those first stories that was all about uh, BJJ Woodstock, uh, you alluded to a, a history, uh, a, a youth spent organizing like types of events like this. Could you could you go a bit more into your promotion experience that? caused you to want to fuse your love of jujitsu and your love of like more traditional like social gatherings like music festivals yeah absolutely so like um you know obviously i don't specifically remember a lot of this but my mom tells me about like my third or fourth birthday like how i was like talking 
talking about who I, like who we should invite, what we should like events that should be going on throughout the birthday party, like what time we should go outside for the pool. Like I was already like planning these things out hour by hour about how I wanted them to go down. And, uh, you know, you fast forward to all of my future birthday parties. I lived out in the country. I had a trampoline. Um, we always would, we had like a Creek out back. So like we had a four wheeler, like there's so many things, horses, hay rides, everything. So I was always coordinating these, uh, these events within my birthday parties. So like I was always known as the kid who had the, the craziest birthday party and you know, the, the craziest experiences for other kids to go have. And then, you know, you fast forward to high school and that evolves into having, you know, the craziest ragers where I talked about it in the article, we literally took every door off the hinge in my every door off the hinges in my entire house so that we could have multiple beer pong tables going throughout the house. Um, and, and, and then, you know, that evolved into event promoting for jujitsu, which was about the most, you know, aside from my childhood, the, the most positive direction that I've taken it thus far. Um, and, and now I want to, I want to throw the best parties in grappling. And I think BJJ Woodstock is going to be just that. I'm so sorry, but I'm stuck on imagining kids on four by fours and horses racing each other into a creek just like absolute pandemonium <laughs> no it wasn't that it wasn't quite that crazy but let's oh, yeah. uh let's talk a little bit about the specifics of the event you're promoting in, in, in terms of like the venue you guys have <laughs> what kind of uh how long it's going to be what kind yeah. of uh, events you have scheduled yeah, so I'll take you just through a quick run through and then I'll, I'll talk about the venue at the end. But we're going to kick things off Friday night. Actually, I'll talk about the venue first and then we'll get into to the schedule. It makes just I'm a little bit of asking like 15 part questions, brother. I apologize. Nope. <laughs> no problem. No problem at all. I'm, I'm prepared for all of these. So um, <laughs> yeah. this is this is my life all day, every day. So um, the venue is, is an incredible renovation product project here in Des Moines. It's a, it's an old junior high. It's a giant school that uh, failed. The school failed sometime in the seventies. Uh, church bought it. They built a 5,000 seat sanctuary off of it. And then in the eighties, the, uh, the church failed and then it sat vacant for, I think two or three decades. And then uh, a millionaire came along, bought it for $2 million, built like a, a $2 million auditorium off of it, which is where we'll be doing the majority of our in indoor events for it. Um, it's a 600 seat auditorium with a, a giant stage. It's got like a 40 by 30 foot TV screen uh, behind the stage where you can put up, you know, anything, videos, uh, a sponsorship banner, whatever it is. Yeah, there's there's the photo of it. Uh, two projectors on each side. And then, like I said, a 600 seat stadium. They also just installed four mounted cameras throughout the entire venue uh, to give us uh, different views of the stage. And those are all on these uh, electronically controlled, like, uh, I don't know the words for them, but like gimbals that you can control all four of them from one screen with a set of joysticks. Um, the guy that's going to be running that is my guy, uh, Cosmic Mouse, as he likes to be called. Um, he's a, a really incredible dude. Uh, he used to travel with Slipknot and organize their tours over in Europe uh, and, and produce content for them as well. And, and now he works for us. So I, I couldn't be more blessed to have somebody like that on my team and uh, leading our, our production on uh, August 22nd and August 21st that we'll be having in that auditorium. But uh, anyways, to get to the actual event itself, uh, Friday night, August 21st, we'll kick things off with uh, a weigh-ins concert open workout all mashed into one. So we're going to have like a music act perform and then like five fighters weigh in, a music act perform, five fighters weigh in. Um, and then we're going to have like an open workout section in the middle that'll be live stream, kind of like the UFC does where like the top, you know, three or four matches on the card, those guys will come out and do like a, you know, little, you know, warm up routine and just kind of show things like that. Um, just more promotions for people to watch the night before the event and get hyped up for Saturday night's show. Um, and then we'll finish it off with a, probably a couple more music acts at the end. So that's a free event for everybody to attend the weigh-ins concerts and open workouts. And then Saturday morning, we're going to kick things off with a uh, kids, teens, adults, uh, masters, gi and no gi round robin tournament. So that'll be uh, available for everybody to attend and to compete in. That night, we'll do a pro show, which will be our, our showcase event, the BJJ Woodstock Showcase. Um, like I said, that's the card that's going to include Matt Layton, Jake Watson, William Tackett, uh, Keith Gregorian, Cody Steele, a bunch more names left uh, to announce on the on the, the 
the card. And then Sunday is going to be that free roam festival. So it's going to be a, a six to eight hour day with a handful of jujitsu seminars, wrestling seminars, judo seminars, and then uh, demonstrations and classes and yoga, meditation, hypnotism, sports psychology, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And then I believe there'll also be some music acts performing on Sunday as well. Wow, man, that's oh, man. a pretty cool event, man. That's actually really awesome. Um, yeah. So, what have you have you uh, have you been dealing with investors? Have you been working with anything to get to get things done? Have you been coming out of your pocket for this, or uh... Uh, some of this has been coming out of pocket? But we are working with some investors. Uh, Mouse, the guy that I was talking about, my my camera guy, he works for. Uh, part-time for a company that uh, sells hot tubs and mm -hmm. they normally make a, a little bit over a million dollars at the Iowa State Fair every year selling hot tubs. Well, the mm -hmm. Iowa State Fair was canceled this year and our event just so happens to be the weekend after the Iowa State Fair was set to take go. place. Ooh. So, um, you know, he, he invests somewhere in the neighborhood of $100,000 into the Iowa State Fair so that he can make over a million. Um, I don't expect him to invest anywhere near amount that, um, right. that amount of money at our event but he is somebody that we're looking at and then uh, there's a handful of other people that have always had our backs in the past um, that will be helping us out with uh, making sure that first of all first things and first and foremost that the fighters get taken care of uh, the fighters artists you know all the demonstrators and seminar hosts uh, everybody who's willfully doing the event um, will get taken care of and then uh, obviously I, I come last you know I take care of all my people first have you secured any talent for the for the event? Any bands or any acts or any guys to teach the seminars? Uh, so the we have Josh LaDuke. He's going to be yeah. teaching a seminar on Sunday. Uh, Jake Watson's going to be teaching a seminar. Uh, Matt Layton will be teaching a seminar, and then uh, we have a few spots left that I'm still waiting to confirm. Um, but there should be five or six jujitsu seminars that day. And then kind of kind of to branch off of that, because I know people are probably wondering how are you going to do a free event and put on seminars? Um, these guys, I, I have to to say thank you to all of them for taking a risk with us because it is a risk, albeit I believe a very calculated risk for them to basically accept that whatever they're going to make uh, through this process that I'm about to ex uh, explain um, is going to have to be enough for whatever they get for that event. And uh, so it is a free event, which is, uh, I, we thought it would be much better than trying to charge like a one day festival ticket of like a hundred dollars where we may have only gotten, you know, a couple hundred people. Now it's going to be a free event. And what we'll do is we'll staff each seminar and each booth with somebody who will be collecting donations via tip jars through their direct links to Cash App, Venmo, PayPal. Uh, we'll have ways for them to follow them on social media directly, a bunch of QR codes so they can just pop up their social media or their YouTube channels and subscribe to them right there. Um, if they have DVDs available through BJJ Fanatics, we'll have somebody there with a laptop that'll be available. You can just type in your information and buy it right there. Um, again, giving as many opportunities for the cash to go directly from the hands of consumers and into the hands of the athletes. And uh, right now, yes, that is a risk that, that those guys are taking. But I believe, again, it's a calculated risk. And I believe that the, the steam and the promotion that I'm going to put behind this event is going to allow them to be incredibly successful in that platform. That's cool, man. Again, I'm very interested in the in the originality of, of the platform and the originality of the direction you're taking. It, it seems like you put a lot of thought in, and, and just talking to you, you seem very passionate and very, 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 very you know secure with your ability to be able to get it done. Which are confident in your ability to get it done, which is refreshing, man. Absolutely, and. Uh... You know, I'm, I'm trying to have like the opposite mind of a promoter, which is, you know, how much, how can I put more money in my own pocket? Yeah. Uh, and I think that's, that's kind of the, you know, that's the, the philosophy that a lot of promoters live by. And I'm truly, truly, truly trying to find ways to put more money in the, the pockets of an athlete, because I believe that by doing that, we're going to build bigger stars within the sport. The sport itself will grow and then my day will come. You know, yeah. if, as long as I take care of all my people and make sure that we're, we're building people up in the process, there will be a day that'll come where I'll be able to be successful alongside those people. I, I want all of the athletes that do really well in our events to get rich before I do. And, uh, I you know, I think that that's already kind of been shown. And like I said, I haven't made a single cent from Subspectrum. Keith Krikorian's made almost $5,000. So, you know, it's like the biggest stars of our show. I want them. I want them to be successful before I am. At the end of the parade, a single mustachioed man like walks silently, knowing his day in the sun <laughs> shall shall soon arrive. I love it. Yeah. Now, with all the moving parts that that are going on here, how how long exactly have you been working out the plan for this event? 
Um, so we initially had a plan, or sorry, an event planned for May 30th. It was supposed to be Subspectrum 9, just one of our another another one of our uh, numbered pro shows with an open tournament during the day. And uh, COVID obviously kind of put an end to that. Um, our state wasn't completely shut down at that time, but we did have restrictions on the amount of people that could be in a venue. I think it was like less than 50%. So we wouldn't have been able to put on an event that... Uh, would have made enough profit to, to do well. So we, we canceled the event. And um, throughout the the quarantine time, I just took some time. You know, I, I didn't have to think about planning an event. I didn't really have to think about training. I just had a lot of time to really just think about what I wanted to do and, and the direction I wanted to take myself, both professionally um, and personally. And uh, that this was kind of the, the direction that I wanted to head. Um, and I kind of forgot what the what was the question again? Oh, I was just wondering how long has this? <laughs> no, no, no worries. I, I, all yeah. all details are great. I was wondering yeah. from inception to the the planning to now, how long was did it take for this idea to come to fruition? Gotcha. So yeah, a lot of these ideas were ideas that we were already implementing, you know, for the event that was planned for for May thirtieth, and then when when COVID hit, and I knew when. When we came back, I wanted it to be something special. I wanted it to be something that nobody in the jiu-jitsu community had ever seen. And I wanted to start um, coming up with new and innovative ways, again, to get the athletes paid um, that didn't involve me selling anything necessarily. Um, so, uh, you know, since March, really. and like, But like I said, this is something that's been building my entire life. And I, I think this is like my coming out party. I, I really believe BJJ Woodstock is going to be uh, one of the single most memorable weekends in the, the history of our sport. And uh, I'm looking forward to being uh, a part of that, a part of that success along with the rest of the community. Cause it would, you know, I, I'm the, I'm the, the leader, the promoter, but none of this could happen without all of the people in the community that are sharing the posts that are like enthusiastic about it, that are connecting me with people that are allowing me to do things that I never would have been able to do in the past. Um, it, it just feels like the universe is flooding me with opportunities right now. And uh, I'm just like trying to grab as many of them as I can as I go along. Um, and these ideas just keep flooding to me as well. And uh, I just want to implement as many of them as I can right away. And most of them don't require me to take a giant risk. It's actually other people that are taking a risk. So I, I very much appreciate all the people that are doing that. Yeah, man. I, I Again, man, I... I <laughs> I love the, the the grassroots approach to to your to your concept, and it's it's something that's very refreshing to me to see in our modern world of jujitsu competitions. That it, it's basically just kind of like making my mind explode sometimes. Um, but you know, it's it's important to start to have people that you know, rather than deify the competitor, just have a true passion for the sport. And to put those people in the same room and give themselves an event like, you know, which jujitsu Woodstock, let's remember why we do this shit. It's not because we want to look at some famous athlete and, 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 and follow him and hold on to his coattails. We actually just love this damn sport. And, you know, we're going to go out there and be together and, and be a part of something. It's, it's really cool, man. It's refreshing. And, and, you know, I hope for the best for you guys, dude. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. And I think a lot of that stems from the fact that that I have been a competitor. I mean, I've competed at the Honored Invitational, the you know Boogie and Geo's Ultimate Mat Warriors. Right. I've done you know some shows in a lot of different states and a lot of different places. So I've I've seen what I do and don't like about promotions, what does and doesn't work. Um, and I want to I want to do something like I said. I want to reinvent the game. I want to do something completely different than anybody else is doing, um, because I don't really see too many promotions out there that are working that well. Um, so I think it's time for for something fresh, something new, and I think that's what we provide. What's now, the, uh, uh, real quick, real quick, just a complete uh, deviation. But uh, whenever we have a promoter on, I always like to to get their opinion on this but how did it feel sitting uh, watching the substars fiasco unfold the way it did you know as a guy who's really busting his ass making sure he uh, crosses his t's dots his eyes everyone's getting paid how did that 
series of unfortunate blunders hit you. Let me make one little side joke just before we move on. You kind of look like the guy that runs. <laughs> like if he was fuck him. Fuck wait him. a minute. Wait, wait a minute. I throw off your mustache. Like, and just oh no, that, guy. <laughs> that dude. I'm Jordan Peachman. <laughs> I live on a farm. What? <laughs> no man, but, but like, out of it. <laughs> like that. That's something that like it genuinely upset me because. Uh, I've worked so hard as a promoter to make sure that I'm doing the right things, that my fighters always get taken care of, that that I would literally like take out a personal loan if I was like down to the week of the event and I didn't have enough to pay the fighters. <clears throat> um, so so for there to be kind of like that back step between or that back step of trust between athlete and promoter, um, I, I can feel it a little bit now as I'm doing this event. There's people that are apprehensive. You know, this event sounds really big. It sounds like it you know, is almost too good to be true. But the way we have it set up, I promise it is so sustainable. Uh, there, there's only, like, I, I don't want to say nothing could go wrong, but like we do have so many of our I's dotted, so many of our T's crossed, like so many good people involved with the event that are doing things that are, are providing like steam and promotion behind it that I'm not even remotely worried about not being able to pay fighters or having any kind of fiasco because what we're promising is reasonable and we always execute. Um, Substars was doing something. I mean, what was it like $250,000 worth of promised payouts? I mean, to, to do, to do that without, a, without having the money to begin with, um, is, is insane to me. So, you know, that was something that really upset me and, uh, and something that, like I said, I can, I can feel it. Um, when I, when I talk to fighters now, they, they're still a little apprehensive because of, of events like that, like that and Metamoris and, you know, any other events that have, uh, kind of gone back on their words. So, uh, I just, I just have to stay dedicated to continuing to do what I do to make sure that I always live up to my word, that I execute the things and follow through with the promises that I make. Um, and I, I know over time that that the entire community is going to trust me. Um, it's not even just going to be a small portion of it. Um, everybody's going to trust me. You know, and and what I what I've noticed a lot because again I've competed a lot too. I've been I've done a bunch of competitions all over all over the place. And um, what I find with a lot of promoters is they have this, and you kind of get used to it because it's part of the game. They have this whole PT Barnum kind of overpromised under-deliver, but hey, the show must go on. Because, you know, you got to sell tickets. You got to promote things. You got to make things kind of happen. But, I, you know, when I see that again, I just – I just, I don't like that direction just because I think it's it's good for the sport because it, it gets you clicks and it gets you people to tune in. But it's but it's a, it's not a long-term goal. You know what I mean? It's not going to be good for the long run. It's, it's, it's a short – it's a short-sighted uh, philosophy. And talking to you, like I, there's a, there's a freaking, I don't know if it's your Midwestern sensibilities, but there's, there's definitely a, an idea of reality. You know, obviously you want to make a big event. Obviously you want to uh, sell the tickets and get things involved, but I've never got any kind of feel from you of, wow, this guy's like, this guy's just trying to sell me some snake oil. And believe me, I've dealt with a ton of promoters where it's just like, all right, dude, like, I'm going to do your damn event. It's cool. <laughs> you yeah. know, you don't have to oversell this shit, you know? Yeah. Don't overhype you because when I show up and it sucks, I'm going to be pissed off just because you tried to, you tried to talk shit to me. You finally <laughs> talk about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I know exactly what you're talking about. Cause uh, I've almost, you know, in the past I, I was a little bit naive and I would, I was following the lead of other promoters. I was trying to do what they were doing. And I even caught myself in, in some of those same traps and uh, I'm really, really glad that I was able to pull myself out of it. And and now I, I can't even imagine comparing myself to to another promoter because, uh, you know, my my compilation of experiences has led me to this. And, you know, their compilation of experiences led them to to where they're at. And I don't need to, to do things the same way that they do them. Um, I'm, I'm not even sure where I'm going with this. But, yeah, that's, I mean, that's just... What are some of the so, you know, and again, just just to play devil's advocate, you, you still got to market yeah. the damn thing. You know, you still got to get out there, and you still got to build a buzz, and you still have to get things involved. What are some of the things you're going to be doing to continue to market for the event to get to get people excited about it? Of course, um, and we 
you know, in the past, we've just kind of like released all the information at once. Um, there are some insanely new, uh, insane new developments that are coming along with the event. And so it's just going to be a slow staggered, like every week, there's going to be something new, like, oh, BJJ, oh, that's going on at BJJ Woodstock now. And then a week after that, oh, another, you know, it's just, it's going to be like this ladder that just keeps climbing leading up to the event. Um, and, you know, that's why I can't release all of the information and all of the things that we have planned you know, right now is because that's that's part of the promotional strategy, and it's uh, I'm scheduling out podcasts, so I'm you know I'm doing you guys now. I'm going to do Open Guard Cast next week, um, and I'm going to continue doing like a podcast and a show as long as as well as my own live streams and my own podcasts uh, to build this thing up. I'm just going to do everything I can to get on all the major outlets and get this thing pushed out to to as many people as we possibly can. And on the night of the show, um, when that live stream goes up on YouTube and Facebook, like I said. With the equipment we have and the crew that's running it, um, I believe you're going to see a higher level production than anything you have ever seen before. Um, and that's not me trying to like shit on flow. That's not me trying to shit on any other promotion. But you have, uh, you know, manned cameras that that are subject to tripping over a cord or all of these things. We have four mounted cameras throughout that auditorium that are going to be controlled with joysticks. And I, I, I've played around with them. They're so smooth. And the, we're going to have all these abilities to put in like preset camera um, options where it like pans from left to right, or it's going to turn around and show you the crowd. And we're going to be able to switch to those at a moment's notice. Like I said, uh, the guy runs the, that runs the venue installed over $75,000 worth of camera and switch gear equipment just to do events like ours and other events. And now we're actually going to be, I'm going to be helping him promote concerts within that same venue. And mouse is going to be helping him produce uh, live streams and, and video content as well. So, um, that's something that I think, you know, when that live stream goes up uh, the, the night of the event, there's going to be, that's going to be shared so many times over um, because first of all, the fact that there's no other really BJJ events going on at that time, there might be a fight to win that night or something like that, but um, it's going to be free. Every weekend though, and Seth always yeah. gets pissed off, so whatever. Yep. Yeah. And it's, it's going to be free. I, I believe that more people, I, I do believe that more people are going to watch this event than any other free live stream event that we've probably ever seen in jujitsu. Just be, how are you? How are you planning on streaming it on Facebook? You have any kind of? Yeah, uh, yeah it'll be it'll be through uh, our Subspectrum Facebook, and then also through the Subspectrum YouTube channel, um, which is monetized now. So, you know, we'll be able to run ads for that and make a little bit of money there to to help ourselves uh, pay for the production and everything. But then also we we have the the YouTube Gold Chat in there. So you know, if people want to donate through that, they're more than welcome to. And uh, I haven't exactly decided how I want to do that. If I want to like put up the link to the Subspectrum slash donate uh, so that we can get more money for that democracy dollars for grapplers idea, or if uh, we want to you know push it to something else. But um, one way or another, we'll we'll. Uh, will be streaming through Facebook and YouTube. I I got to I got to say something at the outset. Before I was ruthless ruthlessly suckered into this jujitsu uh world by some very callous friends of mine, I was super deep into comic books. Like that was my whole life bread and butter like dawn to dusk. It's just like reading Wikipedia pages, rereading old back issues. And just like planning out really cringy cosplay that I won't get into now, but like, <laughs> like no, but for real, go please, into please like, do, no, I'm not gonna, no, no. If you really want to, you can tear my Facebook apart and then make me feel bad with all the sh sad shit you find. But my whole life was, oh, I swear to God, Kevin Gallagher, don't do it right now. But my my whole life was really built around that environment and i found there's a huge correlation between like nerds and guys that train and, or guys and gals that train and practice jujitsu and events are fun but I, you know a, a comic convention like i would always go to this one in connecticut every year and that was like my mecca that was where i would go to like just let the freak flag fly and just like be completely balls to the wall nerd and I always felt like there was a room for that in jujitsu where like you could have this giant multimedia event with like panels where people in every at every level of uh, status in the in the art, like hobbyists to the, the dyed in the dung, like guys like you that are like grinding for their black belt to 
people that are maybe just interested in the spectacle and are window shopping, like that all could congregate and enjoy. Because you go to a comic convention, you'll find people at all ends of the spectrum of nerd. There are people that literally are just there because they thought it looked cool and people that could tell you the number of hairs on Wolverine's head, you know, like, like there's, they all exist. And this is the first event that I've heard of that really has me excited as just like a, a former convention fan of just like going to meet and hang out. Cause I've been to fights and I've been to jujitsu events and they've been fun, but it's, a lot of it's also felt like hurry up and wait, like in, yep. in between like hanging around and like getting food, you're there for the fighters and that's cool. But this has gotten me super excited just as a guy who's a fan of going to experience something and maybe like talk to people about it where there's a bunch of different things happening. And I, I don't know if that was an, uh, an, a conscious effort on your part, but this is, this is an itch that needed to be scratched, man. I'm telling you. The, and the more I'm learning, the more excited I get. Well, I, I really appreciate that, man, because that's uh, that's something me and Mouse have talked about for, for years is that we wanted to make it an entire weekend event where we brought in, you know, not just the athletes and fans, but like families of all those peoples, because we're going to have so many things going on that there's going to be something for everybody to kind of branch off and do their own little thing. And that's something that will probably also integrate some of that festival atmosphere into the open tournament during the day. So like after the kids get done, I think we have uh, plans to have like a caricature drawer uh, artist there so that they'll, they'll be able to go get their like picture drawn or like, you know, different things like that, that'll allow the kids to to stay around the event and then uh, to be part of the show at night as well. And not just be like, all right, you got your medal, get the hell out of here. Um, and uh, yeah, that like I said, that's something me and Mouse have tried to to put together for a couple of years now, and now it just the ideas are flooding, and the the opportunities, and the freedom, and the equipment, and the crew that we have is all coming together so so nicely right now. And it's like I'm almost just like waiting for something to go wrong because everything's been going right lately. Um, but but I, I'm really looking forward to putting on an event that'll allow people from so many different uh, backgrounds. Like there, I I don't even think that the crowd there. I mean, it will probably be primarily jujitsu, but I think there's going to be a ton of non-practitioners that attend this event. One, because it's free, but also because we have so many other things going on um, with the concerts and the the festival atmosphere and everything like that. So um, that's something I'm really excited for, too, is to morph the Des Moines community, which is something that I'm really proud to be a part of, and then the jujitsu community, which I'm also really proud to be a part of, and to bring all of those people under the same roof for, for one giant event. Um, that I believe, again, will be extremely memorable, um, especially when uh, we we execute all of the ideas that are planned out right now. You know, it's hard for everybody to see my vision right now because I've only released probably 10 to 15% of everything that's going to be going on with the event. Um, so uh, there's a lot of news yet to come and a lot of news for everybody to be excited for. So definitely stay tuned for it. I'm gonna I'm gonna grill you on that for a second, but real quick yep. uh, at the outset, I would love to know if there's any uh, any evaluations at this point on potential crowd size. Like, what sort of uh, audience size are you guys gearing up for? Just in terms, because I don't like the venue, like everything. Like, do you have a number in mind? Yeah. So, um, I mean, as far as the day tournament, I'm ca- I plan to cap the registration at 200 competitors. So we'd be looking at 200 competitors. That usually translates to about double the spectators, which would be 400. We're going to have it separated out into two gyms so that we, we don't have everybody under you know one one roof. It'll be spread out. There'll be basically be two to three mats going in each gym uh, to create a smaller crowd size. And then the show at night, like I said, it's about a 600-seat auditorium. I don't think we're going to have any problem selling that out. Um, we may have to to take out a few spots in there to create spaces between people and things like that. Um, but then the festival on Sunday, it'll be outdoors. Uh, again, like I said, masks are going to be um, recommended or heavily recommended or encouraged to be used. Um, but that that event, I truly believe, could draw anywhere from 800 to 1,200 people um, based on everything that we have going on that day and the different communities that are going to be tapped into um, and that are going to be interested by the events that are going on. That's cool, man. I, I, I'm real excited about this, dude. I seem uh, I, it's something new and fresh, and I think it's something that uh, the, the community needs, man. And again, as someone that is loves this 
sport like nothing else. You know, I'm doing damn podcasts all day long. You know, what I'm talking about like it's just it's what I do, man. It's it's what I love. I'm trying to figure out a way to, to to bang it out. Like uh, I appreciate you for for doing this, and I and I appreciate what what you're trying to put on, man. Of course, man. And uh, if you if you're interested in competing, um, I'll I'll talk to you. I can talk to Josh. I don't know if he. Yeah, I'll give, you, I'll give you my information. But when we, when we click off, I'll talk to you through for a few seconds. Oh, okay, perfect. Yeah. yeah. Now, the, only, and- the only way I would tell you again is just just from from what I would 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 want for you to to think of and just some pitfalls that I may be able to to give you some sage wisdom for is to to do your best to stay true to your wisdom with vision as this thing starts to materialize because you seemingly have a very good head on your shoulders, but the world of showbiz has a way of uh tempting you with uh with false promises and before you know it it gets out of hand and, you, and you're dealing with things that are that are, that are that are here and you're just like what the hell's going on well let's just wing it and hope it works out like do your best yep. to stay true to yourself kid and i think you're going to be okay man you suddenly got a good head on your shoulders i really appreciate that and uh something that i've uh, you know i will only work with people that i personally know or that i trust i'm not gonna just let some random sponsor reach out to me and and try to throw money at this thing um i'm I'm working with the people in my community that have done right by me and uh, i'm gonna make sure that they they are the people that you know receive the the positive praise or the you know the the dividends in the future i i don't want this thing to to get outside of my community of course we want to build it but as far as like doing business with and uh you know the the people in our core group that are going to be executing this event it's always going to be people that i've worked with since day one and that have always had my back um and that i know i can trust so all right well jordan i i you've given us a ton of awesome info and we know you're an incredibly busy guy between putting this together and you're also you know non-jujitsu related but it really impressive work uh just chronicling like the the protests and the activity that's going on by you and like this this movement that's building and you know from one journalist to another it's it's really cool to see I would be I would be remiss if I did, and I know you got a ton of other appearances. You and I, I I'm also a marketing guy. I fully understand how uh, structured and segmented and scheduled like the drops of information have to be. You know, so you mm-hmm. keep audiences engaged. Is there anything, any kind of exclusives you might be able to give the audience of the Jiu Jitsu Times that might not be on the the Instagram pages and the social media quite yet? Um, yeah, I'll give you guys one thing. And again, this is not this is not something that has been um, cemented by any means. But I do believe that the the community and the people that are watching this can help us make this happen. Um, are you guys familiar with Mac Lethal, uh, the YouTube rapper? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So he's got a bunch of videos up of, of him rapping really fast. Well, he also happens to be a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu purple belt um, from Kansas City Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, which is about three hours from here. Um, so I'm in contact with the promoter who brought him in uh, a couple weeks ago, or sorry, a couple months ago to perform in Des Moines. And I'm also in contact with all the people at his gym. So they're going to be in his ear talking. Um, we're looking to get Mac Lethal to perform at BJJ Woodstock, whether it be Friday night as a concert or at the festival on Sunday. Um, but other than that, there, there's a handful of matchups that we're getting ready to announce um, that are, you know, I, I've already mentioned the names here, but we'll, we'll mention the matchups um, specifically when we make those announcements. But, you know, Matt Layton, Jake Watson, William Tackett, Cody Steele, uh, Keith Gregorian, these are all guys that are going to be a part of this event um, and, and have really uh, high level and exciting matchups. Um, so, yeah, just stay tuned for all of that. Cool, man. Awesome. Oh, man. This is this is really exciting. And I do have like a small piece of, of news to announce. Uh, it's probably of no consequence to anyone, but I will actually be attending BJJ Woodstock. Uh, you can see yes. me walking around. Yeah. You, you'll see me walking around probably rocking the Jiu-Jitsu Times shirt. I'll be uh, there with some uh, camera buddies of mine going around with a microphone trying to, to – uh, chronicle the event as a man on the street for the jiu-jitsu times so if you see me stop by and say hi i might have some like jiu-jitsu time swag to throw at you but uh we're gonna be looking to record some fun stuff that's that's definitely for sure it'll be it'll be really now i gotta figure out what i got out there we'll talk for a second George. yeah there we go, yeah, let's go. road <laughs> trip road trip no, but for real, uh, this uh, the world is is definitely in a, at a turning point in a lot of important ways. You know, all of us are getting to see a lot of really important changes possibly start to take shape, and it's it's really exciting. But it also 
it can it can really wear on you. So like this type of real positive event, it seems like just what the doctor ordered for a lot of us. And uh, Jordan, thank you so much for for putting in the elbow grease and making this thing happen, man. It's, it's looking like it's going to be really fun. Awesome. Thank you, Kevin and Kevin. Uh, appreciate you guys having me on the show for sure. And uh, that'd be really cool to have both of you guys out there. So let's oh, try to make that happen. I don't know if you want both of us. We might destroy the event. We might just have <laughs> the whole thing derails the minute we get there. <laughs> That's all right. Guys can do live podcasts straight from the stage. I got you. That'd be cool, man. We figured out where it works. Now, this whole thing has been you plugging all the stuff, but is there anything at the here at the end that you you neglected to mention that you wanted to throw out there that you wanted to be like that? Yeah. Um, not specifically. I mean, just make sure you follow me on on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook at Jordan underscore Jitsu, um, and then Subspectrum is the the promotion. So we can check out our website, subspectrumbjj.com. Uh, that's going to be pretty much all the information regarding about uh, around BJJ Woodstock. Uh, there's some merch up there if you guys want to buy some of that. Um, but other than that, just stay tuned. Uh, you know, follow the hashtag BJJ Woodstock. That's what we're using now. So that's a, a good place to to stay tuned if you want all of the announcements regarding uh, the shows or show or events that are going on in August here in uh, Des Moines, Iowa. So. All right. Well, uh, there you have it. This has can been. I one more, can I say one more thing? Sure. Yeah, go for it. I have uh, checked flights from just about every major U.S. city, and they are all somewhere in the neighborhood of $212 or less at this moment. Round trip for that weekend, leaving on Friday, coming back on uh, either sun Sunday or Monday. So for if there's anybody out there that's you know thinking, dang, it's going to be an expensive flight, it's $212, I think, is the most expensive flight I've found from any U.S. major city uh, to Des Moines. There's actually a lot of direct flights, so uh, make sure you check that out before you tell yourself you're not going to go. Or take this opportunity to go see some some, the, some undiscovered parts of America. Take a road trip, you know. Just yeah. get your ass go to this festival because it's going to be huge. You're going to want to tell your kids you were there when Woodstock it started. Crazy. Jump, jump <laughs> in a van. It's Woodstock. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, this has been a very cool and informative episode of the Jiu-Jitsu Times podcast. I have been your host, Kevin Bradley, joined as always by my co-host, Mr. Kevin Gallagher, and the immaculate Jordan Jitsu Peitzman. Mr. Peitzman, thank you so much for your time. We look forward to chronicling this event. And as for you, make sure you're there or be square. Or, you know, if other circumstances are keeping you from going, be sure to catch uh, the link on YouTube. But uh, we will be chronicling all the news as it develops. Good night, everybody.